Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. From MaximumFun.org and NPR, it's Bullseye. What's the craziest day you've ever had at work? When you're in show business, a day at the office can get pretty hairy. That's why we created this segment, the craziest day of my entire career. And telling us about their day, Margaret Cho. Margaret shows a lot of things. Shy isn't one of them. She is bold and loud and abrasive and ingratiating and revealing and shameless and delightful and hilarious. She started doing stand-up in San Francisco when she was a teenager. Now she's one of comedy's most recognizable names. When we asked Margaret about the craziest day of her career, she took us way back when, to the beginning. These days, she plays theaters. Back then, she took whatever gigs she could get. Here's Margaret Cho. Hi, I'm Margaret Cho, and this is the craziest day in my career. I had three gigs across three time zones in one day, and it was a lot. So the craziest day in my career began around five in the morning, and it was outside of San Francisco where I was booked to impersonate a progressive female who was infuriated at a conservative male breakfast business meeting. And so I was paid as kind of like, if this was punked, but it was the 80s and it was a conservative male breakfast where they told a number of very racist, very homophobic, very sexist jokes, which actually infuriated not only the real me, but also the person I was supposed to be playing. And so I jumped up in the middle of the jokes and railed at them. And uh, they all left. Oh, this feminist. Oh, you know. And um, they were delightfully offended at my fake offense, which was actually real offense. You know, some somebody presenting me with a, a gig like that now to uh, make an interruption at a conservative uh, business breakfast, I couldn't imagine. In a, no matter how much money you're giving me, I could not imagine. Work. Like, if you asked me to perform at Mar-a-Lago, as I just don't think anybody would, but I would be so furious at even the invitation, the gall to invite me, I would be railing against that so vehemently. So but back then, it didn't necessarily make such an impression. I also needed the money. As hard as I was working for money, this was a gig that I could drive to also on the way to the airport. So it kind of made sense at the time. I don't totally remember how I got this job, but I imagine somebody from the event had seen me perform at a comedy club and then called the club to relay the message to me that they had a job for me, which actually um, made sense because I was doing all sorts of these impersonations of things, whether it was Hello Kitty or Raggedy Ann or um, the jester. The court jester was another costume. The ballerina was another costume. Lots of costumes. So 
to do a gig at seven in the morning portraying a, a feminist in a suit who was uh, outraged. And it, the thing is, is that I had all those feelings that were very alive in the moment. So I was, it was like method acting because I really was that. So I was outraged. I was disgusted. I was taking their money for sure. The great thing was part of my job was to storm out furious at the beginning. So it was like the the, the best thing that could have happened. Stormed out of the gig near the airport to go to the airport to get on a plane to go to another show. I went to a college in Reno to do a noontime show. I was uh, at a show called a nooner that you do at a college at noon. You stand on the tables most of the time without amplification, which I think is really challenging. And it's really an assault on the student senses. You know, they're trying to like cram for their sort of like studies, their tests that's going to be done next period, and you're interrupting their workflow with your dumb jokes, which I think is safe to say I had really dumb jokes in the 80s. I don't know what I was doing, but I was out there and trying to be a comedian and uh, stand on tables, also not fall off a table. People think they can just run on a table, but they really can't. You can't, you don't know how many matchbooks are going to be under a table leg that is going to just, you know, buckle under your weight. It's like the San Andreas Fault. You don't know what's going to buckle and you're going to fall through. When I finished my nooner performance, then I believe somebody from the college gave me a ride to the airport, which was great because I needed to make another flight to get to Chicago uh, in the middle of winter, freezing cold. I believe I got to the airport, just made it on time to get on the plane. Somehow got to Chicago without any delays and then got on, a, I think, a bus to get to someplace. It, it's so blurry now because it's so many years ago. I know there was bus trips in there somewhere. The gig itself was, was fine. I don't remember exactly what it was. It was a show somewhere. I don't, I really, that, that, at that point, I think I was so exhausted I couldn't really tell you. Like, I'm sure it was fine. It was, I don't have a great memory of it. So I'm sure it was actually a really good show. Most of the time, if I do well and it's great, I forget it. I only remember the terrible and worse than that. So that to me, because I think there's a lot of humor in that as well, because I think it's so funny when you're uh, trying to be a comedian and you fail. That is actually a really funny experience. to really have kind of run through all of the things that I could possibly do as a performer and still as a young person. I mean, this is like to the tune of 1989, 90. <laughs> and um, to have flown that many times, I don't know how it was possible. I don't know how I got to where, when I was going, but I was doing a lot of gigs like that then to the point where I, I, it gave me real PTSD where I would wake up in the middle of the night, not know exactly what city I was in, really have to look at the, um, I didn't have a phone, this is before smartphones, so I'd really have to look at the 
the yellow pages to figure out what municipality I was in and jump up and try to start packing and because I always thought I was late or missing a flight or trying to get so you know I think that was just that was really the most crazy day of my entire career. I eventually went to sleep in Chicago at the hotel that they had provided for the gig. I went to a very light, fitful sleep. I was shaking throughout because I had also drank so much coffee during the day um, and really was going on so little sleep, so little food, and was just completely exhausted, but could not actually get to the, the theta, the delta, those waves we really need for quality rest. So I had a fitful sleep, probably woke up at 2 in the morning thinking I had to be somewhere, running around the room packing, getting completely packed up and ready to go and realizing I still had six hours that I could sleep. So that actually the relief of knowing that I didn't have to get up and uh, getting going back to bed, then I could really fall back into a very deep slumber. I was actually really amazed that I was living my dream, but it was actually quite miserable in the practice of travel, of these disappointing shows, of these odd shows. Yet, I look back now and I think, what a brave young person. What a great young person to go out there and go for it. No matter how unpleasant it seemed, there was still some glimmer of hope underneath it all. Margaret Cho on the craziest day of her entire career, the time she did three shows in three states in one day. Margaret is currently in the middle of her live and livid comedy tour. You can find the link to that on our website. Just go to the bullseye page at MaximumFun.org. That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye created from the homes of me and the staff of Maximum Fun in and around greater Los Angeles, California. Things have been very busy here at my house, and I'll tell you why. It's because our company, Maximum Fun, is becoming a worker-owned cooperative. We're so proud. I'm so excited to become a worker owner. Our show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones, Among my fellow worker owners-to-be are senior producer Kevin Ferguson and producers Jesus Ambrosio and Richard Roby. Our production fellows at Maximum Fun are Tabitha Myers and Brianna Paz. We get booking help from Mara Davis, our interstitial music composed and provided to us by DJW, also known as Dan Wally. Our theme song is by the great band The Go Team. Songs called Huddle Formation. Go check out the Go Team. Thanks to them and their label, Memphis Industries. Bullseye is on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find us in all those places. Follow us. We will share with you all of our interviews. And I think that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. 